0: Welcome to the Pikes Peak Christian Church Sermon Podcast. Today we're starting a a new mini-series. Actually, it's for this week and next week on, on prayer. It's called A Reason to Pray. And the reason we're doing that is because a lot of you are kind of new to the faith and you're wondering how to grow in your walk with the Lord. And one of the key elements of our spiritual growth is prayer. And yet, so often we feel intimidated by prayer. We feel like we're not equipped or qualified to pray. It's almost as if... To pray to God, you need to learn a new language, and you don't know that language yet, so you aren't gifted, but when you hear someone that's experienced around you pray, and you hear how easy it flows, you go, man, I'd love to pray like that someday, but until I do, I guess I better keep my mouth shut, so you don't even bother praying, but God invites you to come before him as a child, and you don't have to learn a special language, you don't have to go through a special protocol to learn to talk with them. Many of us who've been in the Lord for a long time or been to church for a long, long time are actually missing out on some of the deeper um, elements of prayer. We use prayer as kind of an emergency um, salvation. You know, it's kind of like spiritual 911 well, God, I've tried my best to figure this out and it's all screwed up and my finances or my marriage or my friendship, I don't know how to fix it. So I'm gonna call God in prayer and, and, and have it out with God and hopefully God will intervene and do something about it. Kind of a spiritual 911, desperation call. And I do believe God hears those calls of desperation, but prayer is more than that. Prayer is much more than simply God coming to our rescue. I mean, God is a heavenly father, and he wants us to be like children who will come and spend time with him and talk with him and listen to him. And we, we need to know that prayer is this conversation with God, that God wants us to grow and wants us to talk, and we can come up with all kinds of excuses that might hinder us, like, I just don't have the time, um, I don't know what to actually pray about, um, I don't know the right posture... You know, I've, I've done some things in my life that probably hinder me from even um, being welcome to pray, and we find all kinds of excuses. I, I have excuses to pray, you know. I'm just too busy, or my mind wanders. And yet, I, I believe if we could find some reasons to pray, it would like overwhelm all of our excuses not to. And that's true with most things in our life. If you find it hard to get motivated to exercise or eat the right foods, all it takes is a doctor telling you, if you don't lose 10 pounds and start walking a mile every day, your heart's going to give out. All of a sudden, you don't care what the weather's like outside. You don't, you don't care how you feel. You just know, I've got to do this thing to take care of myself if I want to live. And I want you to look at prayer like that, that, that you can't do life without God. God that you can't make it another day without God, that your marriage will never make it without God, that you'll never be the kind of parent God wants you to be without the Lord. And when you realize that you can't do it, in fact, Jesus actually said, apart from me, you can do nothing. If we really believe that, that's all the motivation we would need to want to pray. Because God wants to be involved in the affairs of our life. What if... With all the questions you have in life about the Bible and about situations, God were willing to speak into that. What if the problem you're struggling with, God had a solution for? What if the direction in your life that you're trying to figure out, God actually had some guidance for those steps? What if the relational issue you're dealing with, God actually had a remedy for it? What if God were willing to speak in response to the issues of your life? I believe God wants to speak into every aspect of our lives, and yet we don't realize that or we don't believe that, and so we don't take it to God in prayer. But I just want to tell you again and again, God God wants to speak to us. We just don't want to listen. And so I want today to ask you if you would listen to God, even today in this service, to pause for a moment to say, God, I want to hear you today. I want to hear what you have to say to me about prayer. I, I, I I want to grow in my practices of prayer. I think there are many of us, and I'll raise my hand, um, my prayer life suffers sometimes. And I'm not as consistent as I want to be. But the more I find myself depending on the Lord, the more it just becomes so natural to talk with God about every issue in life. And so let's open ourselves, even today in prayer, as we dive into a scripture that will help us uh, with, our, with the direction we'll be heading with today. So, Father, we come before you in Jesus' name, asking you to speak to us, asking you to guide us, Father. We pray that you would open our hearts to to know that we can bring anything that's on our hearts before you in prayer. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Prayer um, oftentimes is this thing that we think, God, if you could change This, if you could change that person, if you could change my boss, you could change the weather, if you could change the stock market, if you could change all these things, my life would be a lot better. And more often than not, I find that when I pray, God doesn't change anything around me. You know what He's changing? Me. He's changing me. And He changes me in this process of the prayer. Because here's what happens as you pray as you pray and draw near to the heart of God, you hear. And then you understand and hopefully then surrender to the will of God. You hear and you understand and then hopefully surrender to the will of God. It's in those times that we pray that the, we start to get clarity. There's so many times in my life where I've sought God and all of a sudden it was like a, a cloud began to lift. Well, I want to share with you uh, that lifting of the cloud in the life of a man named Paul. Paul was struggling with this issue he called the thorn in his flesh. And Bible scholars have wrestled over this, what the thorn was. Was it um, a physical ailment that he struggled with? Was it um, a demonic spirit that was tormenting him? After all, he'll call him a messenger of Satan. I believe, based on the context of the book of 2 Corinthians, that Paul is speaking of people that that the devil is using to bring... um, confusion and frustration to Paul's ministry. That Paul's actually being bothered by the people around him and so he cries out to God because he wants it to be removed. He wants God to help him so he can continue doing the things he intends to do for the Lord. So uh, again, in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, I'm going to read with verse 7 and following. Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan, to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. God, take take away from me all these things that are bothering me or this person that's hindering me. Would you do that? And God says, I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna change you and your perspective of what's going on because Paul, here's the deal. My power is made perfect in your weakness. And see, In this process of dialoguing with the Lord, Paul actually gets his answer. It doesn't come, you know, weeks down the road. It doesn't come through something else. It's in this dialogue with God that he actually gets his answer. I find over and over again that in the dialogue with God, God provides actually the answer to the very thing that I've been praying for. Now, sometimes we'll pray and and we'll say, well, I'm not getting what I want. I mean, I've been telling God all these things, but I don't get what I want. I don't know if God's goal is to get us what we want. God wants us to get his will. That's what God wants. And oftentimes when we're immature in our faith, kind of like our kids, we will ask for things that aren't good for us, like our kids do. You know, if your kids had their way, they'll say, Mom and Dad, let's not eat dinner tonight. Let's just have cake. Or how about we all stay up till midnight tonight? Or I want to play with that wild kid down the street. And, you know, as parents you lovingly say no, no. And hopefully as your kids get older, they start to ask things of, of their parents that are in line with the parents' will. And the more they do that, the more you're willing to give them those things. I think that's the way it is with God, that God would love to give us a lot of things. But in, in our immaturity, oftentimes we ask for things that really aren't good for us. And ultimately what God wants is that he wants to give us his will. And he wants to give it to us liberally. And so we just need to mature in how we're approaching God. God isn't um, a genie in a bottle. God isn't the the person who simply takes our list and then fulfills it. It's not like you go to a restaurant and you put your order in with the waiter or waitress and they take it to the cook and back. I think sometimes we treat prayer like that. God, I've given you my list. Why aren't you doing it? Can you imagine... If, if, if you picked up the, your cell phone and you called your, your spouse, your husband or wife, and you began to tell them, you know, I'd like this, and I really want you to do this, and I was thinking about this, and before they had a chance to respond, you, you turn your phone off. <coughs> Just when they were getting a receipt, I, got, uh, I sometimes think God's like that in prayer. We talk, 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 God. God, 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 I'm thank you, thankful for this, God, would you fix this, God, I'm sorry about this, okay, God, I got to go now, and God's going, ah, I just was getting ready to talk to you about those things. But you didn't make time to listen. See, we think prayer is talking to God. But prayer is really talking with God. I don't think any of us like to be talked to. You can talk to your dog. But if you talked with your dog, people think you're kind of crazy. But you talk with a person, not to a person. So you talk with your spouse. You talk with your kids. And prayer is a conversation with God. It's a dialogue, not a monologue. And so Paul's approach to prayer is this. It's an ongoing dialogue with God. With God. And I didn't learn this growing up because I was taught some very simple prayers as a kid, and they were good prayers. Now we lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. I prayed at, our, at dinner time, come Lord Jesus, be our guest. May this food for us be blessed. And those are good prayers. That, that was kind of training wheels of my prayer life. But you know what I wasn't taught? I wasn't taught to listen to God. I wasn't taught to talk with God. I was taught to talk to God. And yet Paul's Paul demonstrates in his prayer, it's a conversation with God. You talk, God talks. God listens, we listen. And in the process of that, we find our prayers being answered. The answer to our prayers, as Paul found, often comes in the midst of the conversation. Often comes right in the midst of that conversation. And I find that oftentimes when I'm writing sermons, because every week I'll be praying to God, God, help me understand this passage. God, help me understand. Help me know what direction to go with, with this sermon. God, help me to know how you'd want this applied to your people. And every week, those are my prayers, and I'm praying those prayers, and I'm talking with God in the morning, right? We're going to go to bed, and through the day, as I'm studying Scripture, as I'm driving the car, uh, I'm, I'm having these conversations all the time. And you know what happens? It's like this cloud lifts, and pretty soon I go, oh, God, that would be a great direction to go with this. And God, Oh, that's a great insight. I hadn't even thought of that. That's beautiful. That'd be awesome. Or I see how that would apply to our lives. Thank you, God, for showing me through the Holy Spirit. Now, some of you may think, the last, how do you know that's God? Uh, you know, I know it's not me, and I don't think it's the devil. He doesn't want me to teach God's word. So I kind <clears> of <throat> suspect it's the Lord speaking through his Holy Spirit in me and giving me clarity in those issues because I've been seeking him. God, God often brings the answer to our prayers in the midst of the conversation. Last year, a man came to the elders and he said he was struggling with some decisions and direction the church was going in. And he said that he's probably gonna have to step down from, from his ministry, might even have to leave the church. And at that moment, we all thought, well, maybe God's speaking to this person. Maybe we just need to affirm that. It sure would make some things easier and remove some of the tension. And so a couple days went by, and as I prayed about this, unmistakably, this very profound sense of God's voice speak to me, said, are you willing to let that man just walk away from this church? Don't you care enough to go hear his heart? Because what he said was not fully what he feels. And I said, Lord, it would have been so much easier not to have to deal with this. So I called the person up and said, hey, let's get together for breakfast, So we got together for breakfast and I said, tell me what you were saying the other night and tell me what you were meaning by what you said. And as we talked, I found out that he loves this church. He loves the people of this church. He doesn't want to go anywhere else. And as we talked through things, I began to understand his heart. And you know what? I wouldn't have done that. I wouldn't even have had that breakfast had not God in my prayer time done something unsuspecting to me, convict my heart. To love this man in a way that I would go spend time with him and listen to him. I find that again and again in my life as I pray, uh, that that God will redirect me as I'm praying. Take me, and God will God will take me in another direction and actually give me an answer in the midst of that prayer. And sometimes it's things that are difficult for me to do. Sometimes it puts me in positions that are uncomfortable, but I know because I can just tell that this is truly like Jesus. This is what Jesus would want done. I know this is from the Lord, and I do it. I believe this is what the Scripture means when it says pray continually. Pray continually. How do you do that? Do you have to get on your knees and fold your hands? And no, you don't. You don't even have to close your eyes. I don't close my eyes when I'm praying driving. You know, I keep my eyes wide open. But I'll tell you, I pray a lot when I'm driving. And you're probably glad that I'm praying when I'm driving. But I want to tell you, I'm praying for you too when I'm driving, okay? Not just for me, I'm praying for you. I'm praying when I'm driving, I'm praying when I get up, I pray through the day. Um, that's how you do it. It's just this, this ongoing conversation with the Lord that really doesn't end. We, we look at amen as kind of, I'm done talking, it's over. And if you read through the Bible, you will only find a couple prayers that end with amen. But, but I think we, amen is kind of like hitting send on your email, it's like, God, I, here's all my stuff, amen, good. I'm going with my day, I'm going with my day. But, but prayer should be this said, God, I'll, I'll get back with you in just a little bit. And then you just kind of return to that again and again and again. Now, here's something I think is, is beautiful but also challenging. God allows you and I to have the privilege of giving the final word in the midst of our prayers. And here's why. You and I have the privilege or responsibility to say either yes or no. We can either say, yes, God, I will do what you've shown me to do, or no, I'm going to fight against it. I'm going to to pray for something different. I'm going to seek another answer. I don't want it. But God's not going to force you to do his will. A lady came up this morning and prayed with me, and she said, I hear God speaking in a lot of ways in my life. I'm just having trouble surrendering to the Lord in those areas. And that's the case with a lot of us. Jesus wrestled with that in some sense. In Matthew chapter 26, he's in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he tells his disciples, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter, Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away a second time and prayed, my father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. Jesus knew going to the cross was gonna be an excruciatingly painful experience. And he was basically he was crying out to God, God, if there be another way, take this from me, give me another option. But as God even confirmed in his spirit that this was the path, he'd already told his disciples, this is what, what God's will is. He knew it was. So this conclusion of his prayer was, not my will, but yours be done. Yes, God, I will do that for you. See, God gives us the opportunity to give that final word, but I pray for you and for me that that final word would be yes, because yes means I am surrendered to you. I'm surrendered to your will for my life. You know, last year, um, Lisa shared with us um, very challenging time in her life, where her life was even threatened, and yet, in the midst of all that, she learned just to, to lay herself before the Lord in full surrender and God brought her through that and, and god, god has brought her to a, a new place, even a new place of ministry and god 's been opening up doors just recently, she was accepted as a speaker for stonecroft ministries and we 'll we'll probably be traveling around the, the nation and to uh, churches and military installations and other places, speaking the truth of God wherever she goes. And I've asked her if she'd share today um, some very profound things that God has taught her about this area of prayer. So good morning, Lisa.
1: Good morning. You know, I was talking to a friend the other day, and I was trying to encourage her to pray. And she said to me, she said, why do I need to pray? I'm just telling God stuff he already knows. And you, if you follow that philosophy, you would think that it was true. But if we take that on, we're actually doing ourselves a disservice because God desires to speak with us. In the scripture, I don't know which one this is, it is John 10, 27. It says that my sheep hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me. And so clearly God wants to speak to us. He wants to have a conversation with us. And we're really missing out when we just talk and we don't let him respond back to us. Um, I can honestly say that I've never audibly heard the voice of God. Okay, my house is not shook and this big booming thing hasn't happened. But in many ways, God has spoken to me. He has spoken to me through other people. He has spoken to me with a really strong impression that comes to my mind and to my heart when I'm praying. And very often he's spoken through his word. The word of God says of, it, of itself that it is powerful and active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It divides between soul and spirit, joint and marrow. And it judges the thoughts and the intents of the heart. So the word of God, the spirit of God, will never go against the word of God. So as you're learning and as you're praying and as you're taking the opportunity to learn how to hear from God... His word always comes into play. His word is always very, very important. So just kind of an example of that, I want to share with you a little bit about me and a little bit about kind of my struggle and how this summer, God really, really helped me kind of be in tune with him and in tune with his voice. Now, I've been married for 21 years to my husband, Bart, and I know it would totally shock you that sometimes we argue. We argue pretty good. And last summer, we got into a pretty big discussion that left him very far on one side and me very far on the other. It was to a point where we couldn't have a conversation about it. It was that touchy. We just had to just, we could not, we could not meet in the middle. And it was a very, very hard thing. And in the midst of that, you guys, there's something we, that um, I learned early on that if something isn't talked out, it's acted out right and so I'll tell you men are really good I have to give them really a lot of credit because when a man is having an argument or a discussion or something like that and when he ends it it's over your coffee's not cold before he's forgotten it right men are like that they're just like it's over it's done whatever we're done we as women are not like that we work that thing out for a couple of months if that's what it takes (laughs) you guys need to know that because that's the truth Because we're working it out in our head if we haven't talked it out or resolved this thing. So, this is me. And I know I'm just so sweet, but I could be absolutely impossible. I really can, especially if I don't understand or if I don't get anything. So, here are me and my husband. My husband's on one end, I'm on the other end. He's not talking about it because it's over in his mind. He's done, he's looking for lunch. You know, and I'm all all gripped up inside, you know, this kind of thing. And I mean it was one of those things where I'm so mad that him chewing is ticking me off. <laughs> Have you ever guys had had that moment? Am I the only one? You need to warn me if I'm the only one that has ever gotten that bad. But I was. It was like my husband could not do anything right. He couldn't say anything right, he couldn't be nice to me, he couldn't do anything. I was just mad. I was just mad. And so I'm going to the Lord and I'm saying, I'm mad. I'm saying this, I'm saying that. I mean, I'm just letting the Lord have it on how I feel about it. And then I'd get up and move on. Well, listen, one week went by, two weeks went by, I'm still mad. I'm still having that anger, that tension that you can create in your marriage when you're mad. I'm doing that right? And nothing's working out well. I mean, my husband can't ask me, where do you want to go to lunch? And in my head, I want to go, why do you want my opinion now? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Do you guys know what I mean? It's just this thing that we can carry. And so I start praying. I'm praying. I go to Lord once. I go to Lord twice. Weeks go by. I finally go to the Lord. I'm tired of myself. And I'm like, God, we're at this impasse. What do we do? What do we do? And finally, I quiet myself. And I hear this. I'm telling you, it comes in like a spring breeze. And I hear the Lord said, you can be angry, but stop sinning. And I'm like, oh, okay, okay. So I can, I can be angry, but don't act out. So I keep going and I keep going. You know, we're talking. And believe me, that, that tension, that animosity is still there. And I go back into prayer. I I see there's nothing working. There's nothing working with me and my husband. I'm still creating this tension. Remember, he's over. He's just wondering what's wrong with me. And it's still there. I go back into prayer and I'm praying. And my mind tells me one thing. My mind tells me to be angry. My mind's telling me to do all this stuff. And I'm like, God, everything, every time my husband says something or he chews food, I'm mad at him. What do I do? But the Lord was saying, listen, a soft answer turns away wrath. So his word once again just kind of came sweeping into my spirit while I was praying. So now it's a little different. So now I'm traveling with my husband. We're getting in the car and he's asking me something. And I've got my bitter, angry, snive, sarcastic response already in my head. But now I begin to pray. Just before I answer him, I pray. I know what my feelings are. I know what my emotions are. But they do me no good. God, I need you in this moment. My husband's asking my opinion on something kind of big. And I'm still mad and I'm still hurt. But tell me what to say in this moment. And in that moment, the Holy Spirit comes in. And I answer sweetly. I answer nicely. This goes on for months that I have to do this. That literally, every step, every time we engage each other, because my feelings are still where they're at, I have to ask the Lord. And he tells me, answer nicely. He tells me, be good about this. Serve your husband. I know you're hurt. Do this, do that. And then the big one came. Because I was having to make some decisions that would have been opposite of what he wanted, knowing how he felt about something. And the Lord says this to me in prayer. Lisa, you need to submit to your husband's will. That one stung a little. <laughs> but I had to get rid of something, and so I did it. I did it. I let it go. And I will tell you that after months that went by, my husband comes back around to my end of things without me saying a word. He says, "At Lisa, I feel like the Lord was telling me you need to do this, so go do this. We need to pray all the time. A lot of times I hear believers say, what would I be without Jesus? Man, I need Jesus all the time. But we don't act like we need him all the time. We don't treat him like we need him all the time. I think a lot of what we go through in life could be avoided if we prayed first and we just listened. Because once you do that, I will honestly tell you that if you get into the habit of asking God every little step of the way. You may think asking him, how do I respond to my spouse? Or asking him, how do I respond to my kids? Or asking him, how do I respond to my boss? Or God, tell me how to spend this money. Once you start doing that, it comes very much more easy to hear him. The more you do it, the easier it is to hear him. The example I'll give you is this. There could be 50 kids in that room. But if my daughter calls out mommy, I know her voice. Reverse that. If there's all of us in this room and, and I call out her name, she knows my voice. We go back and forth. Our, they know it because we're used to hearing each other. They're used to hearing me. I'm used to hearing them. And it's no different with God. He longs to hear us and he longs to communicate with us. We just need to pray quiet ourselves and allow him to speak.
0: Well, God is speaking all the time to us. We just don't bother to listen. I guess what we're asking you to do is, is, again, don't just talk to God, talk with God, which means it's okay to present God your fears and concerns and questions and hurts and all that. God wants to hear those. I really believe he does. But then make room in that conversation to listen to him, to allow God to speak to you. And as Lisa said, sometimes the Holy Spirit speaks in these Im- impressions within. I don't know too many people who've actually heard an audible voice of God. And so if you're new to church or new to prayer, I, I don't want you to have that expectation. It might happen, but most of us it doesn't. But I will say this, that most people I know do sense this strong voice within. and It's not their conscience because oftentimes it's asking them to do things that are contrary to what they want to do. And it's taken them down a path that aligns with the scriptures of what God wants for us. God wants us to carry everything before him to pray. Even the things that we're struggling with, even, even I think politically. Right now our, our courts are dealing with, uh, this week even, a big decision on the definition of marriage. And there are many people watching news reports and watching um, evening talk shows of people espousing their opinions on the matter. And have even prayed to God about this issue. Not even prayed about their personal stance on this issue. Of course, this is something we want to pray for for our leaders in our country as they set something that may have ramifications for our kids and our grandkids. God wants us to bring everything before him, to to converse over these issues. In the book of Isaiah, it says, come, let us reason together, says the Lord. Yesterday, I received an email from a lady in our church. It was about a year and a half ago, and she came forward at one of our services. Actually, it was one of our prayer services. We invited people to come up for prayer, much like we do at the end of every service and we'll do in just a few moments. We invited people to come up to pray. And she came up down front over here and uh, asked for prayer because she'd been diagnosed with a tumor. And uh, they didn't know if it was cancerous or not, but this tumor could be very dangerous, so she asked for prayer over this. And so the lady that was with me, we prayed over her and prayed for her husband. And in the months to come, um, she kept getting these reports from the doctor that the tumor was shrinking, getting smaller. And then uh, um, last year, about this time last year, she received news that that the tumor was completely gone. She was tumor-free. And so she just felt like God had opened up a new door in her life, and so... um, Um, this past week, she decided that she was going to do something she'd never done before to celebrate that anniversary. She's going to climb the incline. Well, here's a picture of Tara. Tara's in the middle here at the top of the incline. If you've never done it, it's like, it's like a mile long going up a steep staircase. And so she and two gals from her Bible study group did it together. They got to the top. Um, They're holding up scriptures that inspire them and to give God glory for what they'd accomplished. But more importantly, what God had been doing in their lives. They, they even brought along with them four high school kids that she works with on Sunday nights along with Pastor Dustin, our youth pastor. And they celebrated. And it all began, this, this journey began by just coming before the Lord and saying, God, here's an issue, here's a problem. We need you. We need to hear what you want us to do. If you want us to struggle with this and that your grace will be sufficient, then we'll accept that as your response. But if you choose to heal... We'll give you praise for that too. Every Sunday, we, we, are, we give you an opportunity to, to come forward in prayer. And there's no magic in coming forward in prayer. You can always pray right where you are, and I always encourage you to do that. But if we ever can partner with you in prayer or pray over you, we want to be able to do that. And we're gonna do that today. So I'm gonna ask every, everyone to go ahead and stand, our prayer partners to come forward here. As we're gonna enter a little time of prayer. But as Lisa sings over us, I'm gonna ask you not to sing with us. What I ask you to do is this, to make this a moment to talk with God, to talk with God about the things that are heavy on your heart, and maybe questions, maybe concerns, maybe fears, maybe problems you're struggling with, to, to bring those before the Lord, to talk with them, and then to pause quietly, to let your spirit be still in case God might want to give you an answer even in the midst of your prayers. And if there's something that we can pray for you, with you or over you, our prayer partners are up here to do that. So let's just make this a time where we're actually going to apply what we've just been talking about for the last 30 minutes. Let's make prayer a conversation with God. Thanks for listening to today's message. Be sure to join us again next time.